0: Welcome to the DJ P Dog in the Mix podcast, hosted by 18-year industry veteran DJ P Dog. DJ P Dog will share stories and have guests that focus on giving artists the tools needed for a thriving music career and a path to better health. You are now in the mix with DJ P Dog. What's going on, everybody? It's your man DJP Dog in the mix, and thank you guys so much for joining me for this very special edition of the DJP Dog in the Mix podcast. Listen, I'm, I'm not gonna take a lot of time to to get into this because I know I got a very special guest that's coming on the show today, and we want to get as much in there as possible. But before we get into that, again, I want to say thank you guys for checking out the podcast. This show. Airs every Monday live on all social media platforms of mine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, um, uh, what else is that? YouTube as well at DJP Dog. Just go to any of those platforms every Monday night at nine p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live. And you can catch the audio version of these shows by way of Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Audible, iHeartRadio, and DJP Dog Listen, I'm coming to a close of the March Music Madness Series. And I said I got to end it off on a high note with with the, the tribute show to the 116. The crew that I used to tour with, bro, the, the group that I used to rock with, Lecrae, Tadashi, Andy Minio, Trip Lee, Show Baraka, KB, Derek Miner. Those are my dudes, man. We done been all over the world with each other. And I had to come on and do a tribute show to those guys. And today's episode, before we even get into the tribute concert, I said, man, I gotta get my man, my brother, Tadashi, to come on to the show to just talk about 116, talk about some, for us to share stories with each other, stories that we have experienced, things that we didn't even know, okay, about each other, even though we travel with each other. You know, I, I toured with Tadashi, I was his DJ and road manager for a while. And and so I've gotten to share some great memories with this guy. And so we just come on, we reminisce a little bit. We talk pre, uh, before we started working with each other, pre-116 stuff, all the way to where we are now. And we end off that show talking about his son, Chase, and the Chase Foundation. And so, man, it's a great show, and I'm excited to share this with you guys. And here it is, my man Tadashi. And when we come back, listen, stay to the end, because I'm going to play a video Right after I'm done with Tadashi, um, of a video of them introducing the Chase Foundation. And I'm going to tell you guys about the 116 tribute show that's going to be happening directly after you see this, if you're watching it live on Sunday. All right. For everybody else, you're going to have to catch the replay. But if you're watching this live on Sunday, okay, uh, let's see what day is today. Sunday, March. Uh... I'm so unprofessional right now. I can't even see my calendar over there. It doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter because you're here. It doesn't matter because you're here. All right? So right now, here's my man Tadashi coming back. On the other side, I'm going to talk to you guys about that show. So stay tuned. To my brothers, the 116. And, and today, I've got one of the founding members of that group um, here on the show. This is a guy that I've gotten to know over the years. I got the DJ for him. Um, travel with him all over the world, you know, almost risking it all, bro, like (laughs) life and limb, okay, with this guy. And I'm excited to have him on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the DJP dog in the Mix podcast. Welcome back, rather, because he's been here before. Welcome back to the show, my man, Tadashi. Yeah,
1: come on, man. It's an honor to be here, bro.
0: When I say life and limb, bro, like i
1: there's so many stories
0: that i haven't <laughs> shared on the show i've i've kind of teased yeah. but cuz we're go, we're going to get into a lot of things here on this on this talk bro are but you, there are was there about, was a <laughs> you
1: talking about the elevator well that <laughs> Son, Perry's really frightened, let him go. This is, I'm not frightened. Perry- not, Stop arguing and get out! Perry arguing. is being rescued at this very moment. This very is awesome. Moment. This is awesome. Steve, we're gonna go back to you in the studio. Hey, uh, this is Steve here in the studio. Perry is getting rescued at this time. He's quite frightened. And frightened. he's a little tipsy to get oh, out of here. Oh, 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 my hey. goodness! And Perry
0: makes it out of here! Perry Pito, Tadashi Anderson is next!
1: And out of nowhere, I slide from the back! Oh my goodness! Look at God! There is a God! they're all they're
0: all escaping one by one the elevator was comic relief compared to what we went through in that safari bus bro trying to get from mozambique oh. to zimbabwe that was that was like comic relief okay that's
1: true you're right you're right
0: but <laughs> you're but right. there so just kind of so we did a tour in africa yeah. um back back in the day we did an unashamed tour in africa and i traveled with these guys over there and you know, there's a video Andy Minio posted on online of us getting stuck in the elevator. And he's he created this whole element like I was crying in the elevator. That was never that never happened. You know, that never happened. Don't believe what you see, folks. But um, it was
1: awesome. It was awesome. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, bro, we were we were I remember and I tell this story and I want to hear from your perspective. We'll start here mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of go back. Yeah, we were in um, we were in Malawi. And I remember we we did the show in Malawi, and the promoter that was in Malawi, he was kind of risque, if you like, risky. Like it it seemed like he had a lot of stuff happening that he wasn't telling us. You know what I mean? He wasn't
1: forthright about.
0: Yeah. So you know, we get there, we already got to wait two hours for our bags to come in. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. We do the show. He tells us after the show, "Hey guys, the pilots of these airlines have gone on strike, but don't worry, we got a bus coming for you." So in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, it's a bus, you know what I mean? We Americans, you know, so automatically we thinking, you know, we on tour, you know, we about to be in a tour bus or something like that. Bro, it's it's a it's a freaking safari bus with like blue tarp and clear windows. It's crazy. So dude is telling us, you know, we gotta get through Malawi, we get through Malawi, then we have to go into Mozambique. And and this is where, you know, at the border of Mozambique, they're grilling us. I remember them spitting on the ground, saying filthy Americans.
1: They beat a guy in front of us. Like <laughs> He he stole my man stole stole a chicken from somebody. And so the cops beat him right there in front of us as as we were being interrogated. <laughs> Crazy, bro.
0: Crazy. Oh my god. So Lord. then we <laughs> We get through uh Mozambique and the guy said hey it's a bunch of people at the border we gotta press our way through this is a true story but I don't know if you remember these details we had like two minutes to spare okay oh, yeah, like, I forgot about that he's like there's 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 no ifs ands or buts we gotta get through and bro I remember you bro getting in front of the line and literally pushing your way through and we like follow t dot follow t dot you know it was crazy bro so when I say life and limb, bro, like literally.
1: <laughs> man, we we saw this man. So you know, to add context a little more, we see this guy who had stolen a chicken had been arrested by the officers and he had been brought to the to the station. We we're at the station house trying to talk to, to get through customs or whatever, get get across the border, while they are basically harassing us, interrogating us to the side outside by the wall. They're they're beating this man. Like he's on the ground, curled up in a fetal position, and they're kicking him, hitting him with sticks, calling him names. And and you know, for us, we're like, no, this is unjust. And as an American, I'm gonna stand up for what's right. And we leaned around that corner to look, and my man looked at us, held his stick up and looked at us like, don't try it. Don't dare try you. it. I dare you to come over here. And we were reminded very quickly, uh, we not We not in America. This is not our home. <laughs> and so it was such a hard moment because you feel conflicted. Like, do I risk it all and go rescue dude? But he did steal, but does he get beat for this? Like, I, uh, I'm like, I wouldn't get beat like this if I stole a chicken. But then again, it's like, I'm from here. I don't know the laws. I, let me just chill. Let me chill. And then the end of it all was like, Man, I, I pray for dude, but we got to get across this border. I got to get back to my family. So I can't. Right. <laughs> I, I can't so, help you, man. Hey, it, it got real, real fast, bro. Like,
0: it Super got quick. real.
1: Super <laughs> quick. Bro. I was like, all right, well, this is our life now. This is our life. We we just watched this man get beaten. We out here. <laughs> we out here, man. We could potentially be fugitives if we don't get across this border. So I'm just like, oh, Lord. Yeah, I remember, I forgot, but I remember now, I literally was like, I'll be the fullback. Just get behind me. I'm going. We're not going to stop till we get across this border, bro. <laughs> and we made it.
0: We made it. Praise God, we made it, bro. You ain't lying. Um, but man, it's, it's been a minute since I've had you on the show. It's been a minute since we talked. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: again, you know, like I said before we came on, usually whenever we would come on, we would be talking about an album that's coming out, a song that's mm-hmm. coming out, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I want, for the first time on my show, I want to go back, and here's the, here's the truth, bro. As long as we've traveled together and, and known each other, I don't even know if I even know some of these stories okay. and questions that I'm about to ask you. So I'm about wow. to get put on a game here. All I... right. So I want, I want to go all the way back, okay, all the way back to, to Texas. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Denton, Texas, yeah. um, you know, where you guys first met and formed the 116. How mm-hmm. did you, first of all, how did you get connected with you know, with Show Baraka, with Lecrae, mm-hmm. how did you connect with those guys, and how did you go from being the want you know wanting to play football to full-time musician, rapper, and and touring? How did how man. did all that come about?
1: Yeah, bro, that's a good question, man. We uh, so I was living in Houston, Texas, but there was this um, discipleship ministry happening in Dallas, a suburb of Dallas, in Texas, uh, as a suburb north of Dallas. And I started to visit. Now, the guy that led me to the Lord, uh, his name is Kenan. Kenan had befriended and become really close to a guy named Dahadi Lewis. And Dahadi mm-hmm. is, is Shobaraka's older brother. So when I go to see my spiritual father, I end up meeting Dahadi and we become, we become good friends. And over the course of a few years, I realized, man, I want to go here and get discipled as well as served. Um, being somebody who became a Christian in college, it's just always burdened me to see people in that in that space come to know the Lord. And so, yeah, um, this was exciting to me because Denton is a college town. Uh, Dahati was was uh, doing college ministry, and this was a group of college students who were all excited about rallying together to serve the Lord. So I thought, why not, man? So I used to visit often. And then eventually I decided through prayer and time to time with friends, I'm gonna move there. I'm gonna make this my home. So I moved there, but before I moved, I met Shobaraka through Dahadi, his older brother. And then after I moved, uh, I met Lecrae. Lecrae was uh, a part of everything as well. And we all kind of would would kind of hang out and kick it. Um, yeah. Uh, Show and I knew each other really well, just because I was cool with Dahadi like that, his older brother um but beyond that um uh there was a dude that moved that came to college by the name of uh bj bj was a uh, a dude from from uh, uh, pleasant grove uh dallas texas and and he was a freshman new to the scene and just somebody who while when i was coming in knew he was new as well so he and i okay. started talking and hit it off so it was show it was show baraka it was bj it was the uh, and Keenan and then eventually I got to meet Lecrae, and then he and I started to hit it off here or there. Like when we first met, me and Cray were not cool at all. I was like, I don't know if I like him. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't see myself, I do see myself being <laughs> friends with dude. I'm just gonna be honest. And and vice versa, he was like, Yo, this Tadashi dude, arrogant in a mug. I don't want to be friends with him. So it was it was all misconceptions about each other at first. But what brought yeah. us together was we had a Bible study. We would center around the Word. And when the Bible study was done. We'd all go outside and we get up. We'd huddle up in a cipher and we just freestyle back and forth and go around. And so show would show would usually kick it off. Cray would jump in. I would jump in, and we would just go back and forth. Well, fast forward. I've been here a couple years now, and um, um, Lecrae is getting ready to, to work on an album. Uh, he had the opportunity of doing a, a, a theme song for this uh, Christian camp, Kids Across America Christian Sports Camp, yep. out in Missouri, and so after doing the theme song, he's like, yo, I'm going to make some music for these kids that are at the camp and for these kids I've been working with in the juvenile detention center. I want to make music for them. And so he started working on an album and he asked me to be a part of that. And so when he first asked, I was like, "No, nah, I'm good, bro. I don't want to rap. He was like, but you can rap. And in his mind, since he was a kid, he wanted to be, he wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to be uh, a mogul. He wanted to be all these things since he was a kid. And for me, I was like, nah, I'm good, man. I wanted, I just want to play football and coach football like that's it i college ministry is what i want to do but i grew up in texas the first religion is football and then there's christianity so i grew up i got a football when i was three years old and all i wanted to do was play football bro so when i got hurt when i when i went to college uh i started college at baylor university played football got injured left baylor um eventually moved back to houston transferred into north texas uh, the college in Denton. And that's where I tried to play football there again. Injuries wouldn't allow it. Um, so I was like, you know what, those that can't do teach. So I'm a coach. I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get my degree and I'm gonna coach football. I started substitute teaching, teaching at the high school. I was working with the, with the track team volunteering. Like I was coaching track and field. Uh, I was helping with some of the, the uh, defensive linemen. I was working out with them in the weight room. I was like, this going to be my life. And so when Cray was like, yo, come do a song, I'm like, nah, bro, I don't want to rap. I will support you. If you go do a show, I'll go with you. I love to talk to people and share the gospel, but I'm not going to rap. That's not me. And he was like, but you yeah. can rap. And it didn't click for him. If you can do it, why not? It don't make sense to me. So he right. stayed He stayed persistent. Like, yo, yo, you got to do it. You got to do it. Pretty soon, uh, Ben Washer, who who owns Reach Records, he got him involved. Like, yo, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. Then pretty soon, I went to the hottie. I went to Keenan. I went to the elders at the church, like, yo, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And they were like, just try it. If it doesn't work, I mean, you always come back here and work, so just try it. So there of people, people telling me, man, just give it a shot. Uh, I ended up rapping on his album. I did three songs with him. That opened up the door to do a compilation. We did the 116 compilation. The 116 compilation was the second time in life that I had wrote a complete song by myself. So it was mm-hmm. brand new. It was weird. I hope people liked it. And it was good enough for people to be like, yo, we want to hear a full album. <clears throat> so so before you break. go,
0: before you get into that, before you get yeah. to that, because I want to, so let me just say, I don't have any questions in front of me, bro. We're, we're just having a conversation. So I got to, yeah. because I, I want to try to intertwine some of my story into your story as well. So yeah. when you guys yeah. came out with that compilation, I remember, you know, going to Liberty University, KA used to recruit hard at Liberty University to bring people out to be counselors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so by this time, I was doing radio, and everybody knew me as the guy, the Mm hip-hop, the Christian hip-hop DJ on the campus. You know, we were bringing artists and whatnot. And I remember one fall, bro, everybody came back. Yo, man, y'all heard this 116? I'm like, what is that? You know because back then it was like cross movement or bust, bro. Cross movement or, or bust bus. if you ain't rocking okay. cross movement, you ain't about
1: that life. That's what it is, you
0: know. So, my first thought was, okay, who you who they affiliated with, you know, who they rocking with, you know. And I heard, okay, you know, ambassador and them cats gave them the stamp, okay, then they cool with me, they cool with me, you know what I mean. And, wow. and people were like, yo, wow. man, yeah, 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 that's how that's what that's what it was, bro. And so people were like you know check out this guy Lecrae. I'm like, what is a LeCray Like, is that his real name? Is that a stage name? What what is that? So I got on to him, and you know, it was cool. It was cool. And then I remember at the radio station, um, a mutual friend of ours. Her name is Roz. Um, yeah. She she would do radio, and I had my show, and I felt like my show was like for the big cats. Like that's why I played all the big dogs, right? And her her show was like late night Friday night, you know. And so she was like, "Yo, man, I got Tadashi coming onto the show." I was like, "Yo, who is Tadashi?" And she was like, "Yeah, he's like one of the the guys with one." Said, "Oh, okay, you got one of the little dudes."
1: Okay, you. <laughs> I actually remember this interview with Roz too. I remember that, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she did the interview, and and I was like, okay, this guy's got, he's got that voice. Like, okay, it's. It's there's some presence there,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and now pick up where you go because Kingdom People was your first complete Kingdom People album. was My
1: first complete album, bro. And that was I, I named it Kingdom People because I felt like that's who we were trying to be on campus. Everything mm-hmm. that I've ever done musically has has had a relationship to where I was in life at the moment. I'm I'm I grew up. I'm a nerd. I grew up loving everything from jazz, big band, R and B, soul, funk. Um, but I also was a fan of theater and stage plays and certain books and certain ways of writing. Mm-hmm. So most of the stuff that I saw, the what would be called the greats, whether stage plays or novels, they were all some sort of commentary on what society was like in the moment. So I felt for me, that's how I have to write. So Kingdom People was a, a message to speak to what I was dealing with for where I was on campus, living the college life struggling with everything from, uh, identity to lust, to womanizing, to trying to find out Mm. how to, how to, how to stay faithful and fight sin and how to love people well, and how to show respect to my elders. Like it was all these different things that I was battling through. And when I did it, I mean, it legitimately was, I mean, I wrote everything and it was just this, it felt like a joy, but a, but a heavy task. Because I had never i even though I'd done something on the uh, album and we did the compilation, I never did anything before that was solely my name for public consumption. you know so yeah. this was this was different now because it was going to a space where people could like or dislike, buy or not buy so forth and so on. And when people started to get into it a little bit, I was like, oh, so this may be something I should do." Um, around the time I I just got married. And so my wife was like, hey, just give it a year and see what happens. And so right before I put out the right, really right, yeah, right after I put out the album, um, we got married and it was like off and on, you know, back in them days, you could put out an album and that mug could sit for two years and you still be good. Now, you got to put out a song every three weeks. You got to be having (laughs) music constantly.
0: So (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because when you came out um, and talk to now kind of digging into the business side of things a little bit. Yeah. When you came out, people were actually still buying physical copies. Like that was still a big thing. Um, So talk kind of unpack where you've seen the business go. How has it affected um, you from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. of seeing how the industry has moved from the physical copy? Like you said, You could put out an album two years. You could tour off that album. Now things are different. Right. Talk about that transition from starting out from that level and now where we are now with the business. How How have you been able to evolve with the times?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So making a physical CD was the move. Even though you had MySpace that was around at the time and you had you know, Black Planet, and people were able to kind of promote a little bit on social media. It wasn't the wave. It was more you going to be in these stores trying to get a consignment deal, which is you directly selling your product to the store, and they would purchase a certain number of units, and then they would try to sell them. Um, Or you had people who were uh, looking for deals, distribution deals. And so I had a label contract, and then I had a distribution company, the label would would fund the project. The distribution would take money off the back end of every album sold. So I had people who were pushing the albums in stores prior to, and that was eventually, but for Kingdom People, there was a small option for distribution, but really it was just relationship. We had worked hard to build relationship with so many different right. stores and and places. We could just be like, hey, here's a new, new, new CD. Put this in your store we'll try to see how many it sells. and then what what craig knew to do because he has a marketing mind that brother would put 15 cds in a store and then he would call 20 20 people and be like yo go up to the store and buy the cd and then they would go buy it wow and then when they when they go buy it it's it's sold out but you got 20 people showing up so they showing up like hey do you got that new cd i heard you got it and they're like no nah, we sold out so then they calling you like hey we need some more can you get us some more and that's what we would do Dallas, um, parts of Central Texas, H Town, like, wow. and then you know the other side of it too was, I I remember us going to the swap meets and looking at how they sold stuff, how they engaged, and then going, yo, we got to add that in, we got to do this, we got to do that, because it was a hustle. It was like, yo, I gotta be about this or it ain't gonna go nowhere. If I don't work it, ain't nobody else gonna work it. Like I grew up knowing how Master P was selling CDs out the out the trunk and how doing yeah, selling yeah. a mixtape on the corner. I'm like, that's how you got to go get it. And so fast forward, when, when music is now a staple and, and we are doing it as careers, it was nothing to have a distribution deal and say, hey, put my CD in all these different places. But yeah. that came with a level of risk because if they put all this money up to put your CD in these stores and then they don't get sold, well, you got to pay that back. And so... I believe the transition that has happened now into streaming has leveled the playing field because you have a, distri- a distribution deal with Spotify. All you got to do is call them and set it up and they will play your music and let it stream and whatever you make they take a percentage and you're done. So they've done a great job I think of getting rid of the middleman. I think on the other side of it even if even though even though it's easier to get your music to people through streaming um, DSPs, it's like I can't I can't say enough on what it meant for not only the value of you monetarily but the value of what it felt like to go and purchase an album because yeah. this is the only place you could get it and that experience I feel like that is gone from music now and and so we have become I, I remember being I wasn't just a consumer. I was a connoisseur. I wanted to know what the, what it felt like, the tint you put on the CD. I wanted to know the, the, I wanted to read the credits in the back. Did you put lyrics in or not? What photos did you do? The whole fold out for the booklet. Like, I want to know everything about it. Even the experience of going to buy it, getting in line, waiting. Like, I remember being mm-hmm. in line, waiting for high definition to drop from Cross Movement. Absolutely. And I'm like, Absolutely. I'm like, yo, I'm waiting to grab it. I'm waiting to get to get home. Pop in, forget home, in the car. I'm throwing it in the deck. I'm playing it in right here. In the car, here. yeah. And then it's like, I'm, I, I, that ain't there no more. If anything, it's like, cats don't even announce their albums no more. They just be dropping the mugs out on DSPs and you find out about it because of word of mouth and then that's that's what it is.
0: I think it's crazy, bro. Like you, you said that you guys, so you studied the the game, not only just the music game, but you know, that strategy of having people go buy the CD, knowing that it's going to sell out, that's brilliant to me. Um, and I, I tell a lot of people, like, sometimes you got <clears> to <throat> create this perception to be a reality to, to make it. Like, you got to – it's a hustle. But yeah. to see that you guys even went even further, going to swap meets, learning how to sell, how to be salesman that's, that's absolutely incredible. And I think a lot of that stuff still applies today. It may not be swap yeah. meets, but it may be something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, let me. Uh, so let's let's fast forward a little bit, <clears throat> because by this time, and, and I'm I'm moving along in the timeline here, because yeah. I want to get somewhere here. Um, by this time, you know, you've got Kingdom People that's out, and you've got um, Identity Crisis that's out. My first time ever seeing you live. Um, wait a minute, let me take it back. I think I saw you. Um, I think. I don't remember. No, Kingdom. Uh, Identity Crisis. Listening party in Nashville, Tennessee. That was my first time ever seeing you. Live. I was there with Kate. That was the first time. That was my first time ever seeing you live, bro. That was the first
1: good time first ever time. seeing you
0: live. It was a great first time because the place was packed, Um packed. and and everybody, like you guys, had everybody there. The whole crew was there. Lecrae Trip, Show, and and I think before you came out, I don't even know if you knew this or not. Maybe we talked about it, but they were playing a lot of your records from you know, from different features or whatever mm-hmm. before Identity Crisis. And there was a song that Trip Lee had on um, his record, 2020. And Lecrae is looking in the crowd is like, man, who knows Tadashi's verse? And he looks at me, he says, and he, you know, me and Lecrae knew each other, know each other by then. He says, p Dog, you know Tadashi's verse? I said, no, 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 bro. I don't, <laughs> I don't know his verse. He pulls me on stage anyways, okay? <laughs> I don't know this. I never heard this. He pull, I got pictures of this, bro. I got, I'm going to have to show them to you one day. Please. He pulls me on stage to do the verse, and I'm up there dumbfounded like a deer in headlights, bro. I don't know a single line. So here's what I do, Tadashi. I, I pull out a gimmick. So I, I do the gimmick where I'll, I'll know like one or two lines. So I'll say those one or two lines, and I'll point the mic to the crowd yes, to get them to yes, say them.
1: Yes. <laughs> I've seen you do this. I've seen you do this. I knew you was about to say it. <laughs> I knew. Yes, yeah, so that was that was my first
0: time ever seeing you and I remember the place like cuz you did a record um with you and Flame called Make War and the place yeah. went nuts. Yeah,
1: bro. Like I don't rem- yeah.
0: like the the great the late great DJ Official man was on the ones and twos. Yes, he had to he spin was. that mug back yeah. and and start that joint over. That mug was crazy. So fast forward that album's out. You guys are on tour the the Don't mm-hmm. Waste Your Life tour is now behind you. And you guys go on another tour called the Altered Minds Tour. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and this was the tour where I got to actually meet you because you guys came to Liberty University. That's right. um, that was my first time doing an interview with you um, during that time. And I got to know you. And that night, bro, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that night I had a purpose in my heart because I you know, I had already had a pretty decent relationship with Lecrae. Yeah. And I saw where you guys were going. And I said, man, I want to let him know, man, like I DJ and I want to see if, there there may be, you know, some room for another yeah. DJ. And I remember before I can even ask LeCrae, he approached me with that. I said, Oh shoot, this must be this must be a thing. You know? So I said, Yeah, man, you know, and you know, whenever you, you've been in the business long enough, whenever you hear mm-hmm. people say, We're gonna try something out, you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, and not even two weeks later, um, he called me out to to come and do a weekend of that tour as show Baraka was on it at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I remember after that, you know, we had some conversations and they said, hey man, p Doll, we want to try you out. And the guy who was over the booking at the time said, hey man, we want to pair you up with Tadashi. And and I remember I said, okay, bet, that's a good look. Cause Tadashi, if, as far as I was concerned, he was the, the hot guy. Identity crisis was killing. Yeah. It's killing bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And there was a show you had in Virginia Beach at this place called Believer's House. These guys used to bring in everybody. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and so they had reached out to me and said, hey man, we want to bring in Humble Tip. That's who I was DJing for at the time. So that show, it was you, K-Drama, and Humble Tip. And I had reached out and said, hey man, since I'm going to be there, let me go in on a DJ for Tadashi, and let's, let's make it happen. You know, I, you know, I didn't get paid to do it, but I was already there. Yep. They had booked me to do a show with you and we did the show. And if anybody's ever, cause I have a lot of people from, from that church that watched the show. If you've been to those shows, you know, it's a late night, bro. It's a late, yeah, night, bro.
1: night, okay? it's a late night, brother.
0: <laughs> I think we didn't get started until midnight or something like yep. that. It was crazy. Yep. So we get done with the show, killed it, of course. And I remember me and Hump, we all went out to eat and, and you had, I mean, I'm not even going back to the hotel, I'm just going to go to the airport because that's the time it is. Yeah. And I remember us driving back to to Virginia, me and Humble, tip, driving back to Lynchburg, to Liberty, and somewhere around four or five in the morning as we're driving, dead tired, bro, you give me a call just to check and see if we we're okay. And and bro, that this is before we started rocking. Yeah. To me, that that spoke volumes because I'm like, man, this guy, in my view, from my vantage point, he's like, at the top of the game in Christian hip hop. If him just to call and check up like that says a lot, um, and so that was one of the the first wow. impressions that I had from you, you know, as we began our professional relationship, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then going from there, man. And we used to, man, we used to kill it, bro. But I remember. And I I want to hear your thoughts on this, because one of my most embarrassing onstage moments happened um, DJing for you, okay? Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you you ready for this, bro? I'm ready. I need to know. I I don't remember this. Rock the River Tour, Canada. Yeah.
0: Okay. We had three shows. We were opening up for Skillet.
1: Okay, okay.
0: It's the first show. We're we're like in a in a stadium. The place is packed. We're to open the act. We go up on stage, okay? I open up my laptop to get the show started, and that joint says computer rebooting
1: or yes, updating yes. Or something. I actually do remember <laughs> this now. I do remember this now. We were in a. it was a big stadium too. Yeah. And so the whole
0: show was, was stopped in its tracks because my computer is updating. I remember the guys behind me saying, bro, you got to get a Mac, bro. You
1: got to get a Mac. You, you like got to get a old, Mac.
0: <laughs> I had the old Windows situation going Yo, on, bro.
1: bro, I remember that mug. I do remember that laptop.
0: But let me, let me take you back for a second because I, I want to tell you this story, too. Um. Guys, bear with us. We're reminiscing a little bit, okay? It's my <laughs> show. I can do whatever I want. I can do what I right. want. It's
1: mine. It's mine. <laughs>
0: so when I after going back, after the Virginia Beach thing happened, and I think we did another show in Indianapolis, uh, opening up for Crowder. Yeah. Uh, killed it again. And, you know, Reach had reached out to me, and they gave me a contract.
1: Yeah.
0: I remember when we were on going back home from Indianapolis, you and I had some conversations, and you would put me on the game about how the business was working and you were telling me the struggles of the business, the realities of the business. So by this time, again, I'm thinking you guys are a big deal. Like you're killing it. You're, you're booking arenas and you were saying, nah, bro, like it's, it's, it's real out here. Like the money ain't, ain't what you think it is. Yeah. So I had this, I had this idea. I said, well, shoot, I know how to book some shows. Why don't you and I book some shows together? You know what I'm saying, and and it was it sounded like a good idea, so I I get my so now fast forward a few weeks later I'm sitting in the car, I had just moved to to Durham, North Carolina, I'm in the car with my wife, she's pregnant, she's pregnant with the twins, okay, we're looking for a house, the only way I'm able to get this house, bro, is based on this contract that I got (laughs) to show people that I got a job, okay? Yeah. So I'm in the car, I get a phone call from um um you remember Heath, and yes. <clears throat> Heath calls me up. He says, Hey man, we gotta have a conversation. I said, Yo, what's going on? He said, He said, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro, we're 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 thinking about dropping you from this contract. And I'm like, Oh shoot. What's up? He said, Well, we heard that you trying to you you put this bug into Dashi's ear that you're gonna try to book some shows. Or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's some stuff on the side, you know. As we wait for more bookers to come, he said, Nah, that ain't how this works. And they said, We trying to figure out if you trying to siphon one of our artists. I'm like, Oh shoot, bro! Like, wait a minute! Oh snap! Wait a minute! <laughs> I never knew this happened. He called you on some mob type stuff, <laughs> bro. He's like, Yeah, man, we did, we didn't have meetings with the label execs, and and we we're trying to figure out if we want to keep you on. And I'm Yo. sitting and I'm on this bro, I'm on this call, bro, sitting next to my pregnant wife. I got this contract that says I got a job and we're trying to find some place to live. Bro, I'm sweating Crisco. Like I'm sweating Yo. <laughs> bro. So I you know, again, I'm I'm saying I'm telling that story to to share that that even in the business, there's there's certain things that, that are good and there's even though they were good ideas. They weren't the right moves. I almost yeah, lost yeah. my
1: job, bro. Yeah, that wouldn't bro. have been, that, yeah. that, that would have been, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you have to, I think you have to, anybody who gets into the business, I think you have to take into account how everybody around you operates and whether or not your world will ever <sighs> intersect with their world. Um, yeah. And nine times out of 10, it will. Nine times out of 10, your world will intersect with somebody else's world. Now, you know, fast forward to where we are today, there is such a there's such a wave and a move right now for independent artists to be able to do certain things that at one point looked looked sketchy or looked dangerous because you were so tied down to uh infrastructure that existed. Mm-hmm. Now don't get it wrong, I think the I think the music business is still the music business, but Excuse me, but I live in Atlanta now and I'm like, I see these young dudes who come out with songs, drop the mugs on SoundCloud, and the next thing you know, they got a following in Atlanta and they playing clubs. And it's like, he ain't got no label. The label's looking for him. They wanna they wanna bring him in. But yeah, there is such an independence to it. So I say it that way first because when you think back to the to, to when we first started there wasn't a view of independence. It was the label is where every, the label is home base. Everything right. happens at the label. <sighs> so for an artist to look for independence looks dangerous because this, mm-hmm. that infrastructure didn't exist like it does now. So I can understand why someone will come to you and say something. I just had no clue. Heath was trying to play a mob boss on you, bro. That was weird. That's crazy. Yeah, it was,
0: hey, listen, listen. I kept my mouth shut from that moment on. <laughs>
1: Babe, we gonna get this house, baby. We gonna get this We house. we go. Hey,
0: listen. Don't mess up this money, bruh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, man.
1: Yo, that's crazy. All right. So Yeah, man. So so for me, I feel like um I tell everybody, uh, Kingdom People got me through the door. Um uh identity Crisis helped me stay. Um mm-hmm. Kingdom People was a moment for people to be like, Oh, dude, cool, He all right, I like him identity crisis was the moment that people were like oh this is his career this is what he's about to do this is it and identity crisis was a moment of genuine nerves for me because it was like i can't let myself you know everybody speaks about the sophomore slump and you know the second album is going to be mediocre because the first one was whatever and honestly identity crisis did so well It everybody thought it was my first album it was like yo we didn't know you had another one and i'm like wow that's that's high praise. Okay. I like this. Identity crisis yeah. gave me a career and then I moved into Blacklight. And what I didn't realize was I was moving from becoming a guy who liked to rap or a guy who liked to talk about God in his life or a guy who wanted to help people. I was moving from that place into still being that person, but introducing the business side of who I needed to be as well. And that was, right. a, that was a hard lesson learned. I feel like music works so well with certain dudes coming off the street because they just had to be hustlers their whole life anyway. Um, I feel like there were aspects of me that were like that, but there were other aspects of me that were not because I'm like, I got into this because I wanted to help people, not, not necessarily go get rich. Like that wasn't my thinking at all. Um, so when you fast forward into what today is, there is such a business focus that I am afraid at times, the integrity of what this thing began as may begin to, to disappear a little or fade a little. Um, yeah. and I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged when I meet dudes like, you know, Hovi or one K few or, um, RG who are, who are like running with the mantle now. Um, I'm encouraged when I see people like John Keith, um, who I believe is beyond this world talented, uh, but is a genuine heart, a guy with a genuine heart, uh, dudes like Michael, dudes like like all across the board, you just got people who I'm like, okay, the heart is there, the integrity is there. And they've had enough skin in the game to recognize there is a business element to this, but I still have to be true to who I have always been. Um, Absolutely. And that is... That is, I think, a wrestle that that we had to learn um when there wasn't a model before us. Cross movement was cross movement did business moves, sure, but all we knew of them was the ministerial side of who they were. And so right. it was it was hard to it was hard to move into business world and not know who like not have an example before. If anything, LeCrae would be the example for all of us and we'd be like, Oh, that's what Craig did. Let's go do that. So, you know, and then, and <laughs> I then eventually think it, people well, eventually people were like, well, that, he, it's not as cookie cutter as we want it to be. I can't do exactly what Craig did. So I got to figure my own path out. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we got a few more minutes with you. And I'm glad you brought up Cross Movement, bro, because Cross Movement, you know, I used to travel to go watch Cross Movement. And what I ended up doing is, OK, it's not so much Cross Movement that I want to see. Granted, I think those brothers are cool. But as a DJ, I wanted to go see DJ official
1: yes. and,
0: and him being, in my opinion, bro, one of the greatest minds as far as a tour DJ, like one of the great minds, bro. Yeah, And, and, you know, you know, God rest his soul, rest in peace, DJ official. Um, I've got a picture here in my office yeah. of me and, um, uh, me and fish together. Um, I got a chance to, you know, I used to travel and I used to go hang out with DJ official when he used to do stuff with CM. Yeah, And when I got on, like he got on with you guys, And then when I got on, he was one of the first phone calls that I received. He said, man, this couldn't have worked out for a better person. And so that was like huge to me. Um, But for you as an artist, bro, what was it like working with a great mind like DJ Official?
1: Brother, let me tell you, there is not many people who I can say elevated my game like DJ Official. And I don't mean just rap. I mean, like you said, thinking outside the box creatively from creating songs to live shows live performances mm-hmm. um and you know fish is just one of those dudes that was he's already likable and he's already witty and funny but he was sincerely himself and so in a world where you had to always kind of figure out if Are you real or, uh, is that really you can we can we? yeah yeah I never I never had to do that with him it was that he never put on airs there was no pretense with him it was legitimately this is who i am right now always and forever this is it and i'm telling you bro aside besides quest love i don't know a dude who had a be- a better mind of music like a vast it's that knowledge. philly bro i can't bro i don't know a different dude publicly <laughs> that i that i've seen whether meeting in person like i've been able to meet quest um of course relationship with fish but i'm like either meeting them in real life or just seeing them from afar I don't know a dude with a better mental catalog than 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 Fish, besides maybe Questlove, who knew music from every genre, was willing to engage it in his DJ and producer, production production um, like uh, yeah. ethic and work, and his chops was insane, bro. And so I'm just like, yeah, there's nobody in my mind, nobody better. He is insane, bro. So it was it was always an elevating moment, but but I think for me personally is where i was more blessed by by dj official as he as as i mean we didn't know it was he was narrowing the narrowing to the end of life but in those final days watching a man who his faith his faith and his walk with the lord was greater than his musical abilities was absolutely revolutionary where i was like man this dude is a real believer and his trust in the lord is is monumental and so that is even though i do dream even though i do reminisce i mean and think back to those moments on stage um i definitely have fond memories from that but i I definitely remember the the final days with him and watching him be a man of integrity character uh faith and just and strength um and so bro that's a great question man god god knew god knew man more than we knew so um r.i.p fish Absolutely. Now, listen, yeah, man, I, w- I want to end off
0: with this, bro, because a lot of people, like I said, when I started to work with you guys, I'm watching you on the big stage, I'm like, man, these guys, everything they're touching is gold. Like, they're going overseas, yeah. you know, the whole nine yards, they're killing the game, they've got status, not only in the in the Christian hip-hop world, Christian music world, but now getting that notoriety in the music business in general, mm-hmm. getting on major stages and major platforms. I want artists to know... Who, and people in general everything that glitters ain't gold because as you're in the spotlight one of the worst days is not probably the worst day of your life happened when your son chase passed away
1: mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and
0: i remember i remember when I got that news I mean it hit me in the gut like holy smokes
1: yeah bro. um
0: you know and even to this day man like you know at the time of this recording yesterday um uh, you know we celebrated his life um yeah. and and yeah you know through social media and whatnot. but even today man it's like man this hits um even though it didn't happen to me and it and I, it's so weird bro because i don't know if what it is about the month of march but i've known so many families who've lost kids in this month yeah. whether it be through you know the child passing away or miscarriage it's, it's nuts even in my own Something. family as yeah. as of this year um having to go through that yeah. um and so what was it like bro to granted you had a lot of people who were supporting you and rallying around you guys but you got a lot of negative feedback during one of the worst times in your life bro what was that like going through while being on that stage
1: yeah bro so <clears throat> excuse me um one man thank you for bringing that up thank you for sharing that um um I'm always even though it's it it really was the worst day of my life and still is. Um, I'm always excited. It's bittersweet, but I'm excited anytime I get to talk about Chase. Um, and I love that that you brought it up. I didn't ask you to bring it up like you brought it up. And I love that because um, his life was real for us. Um, his impact is everlasting for us. And so the one thing I don't want to do is hide that or run away from that. Um, and I appreciate that people want to be respectful. So some people may or may not, but I welcome the opportunities to talk about Chase, um, which is why I, I fought yesterday to try to freely share images and and, and pictures and videos and all that. But, um, but anyway, uh, I had just come off of tour uh, with my first, non-label tour. Every tour I had done had been with Reach Records, and then I got mm-hmm. booked to do this tour called the Rock and Worship Roadshow, which right. was interesting because the format was rock and worship, so I'm like, why am I on this? What am I doing? Um, and and so I ended up meeting, at the time, the people who owned the tour was this band called Mercy Me, and um, you have this band who I didn't know it, I found out later by being on the tour, they were not only just great people, but uh, they were little, legit, legitimately fans of our of our music. And so they brought me out because they were like, bro, we love your music. We Yeah, it's called rock and worship, but Christianity is no longer just rock and worship. Like hip hop is here to stay, this is a big deal. And yeah, we know that that'll, that'll sell tickets, but bro, we listen to you at home. My kids, when I play hip hop, it's you or it's Lecrae, that's it. We don't play nobody else. And I was like, "Oh, so you brought me out because you value this? Got you." So I just came off of a tour where we were playing stadiums, and I'm with people who value what I do. To then I had just done a song with um, this group, Family Force Five, called Chainsaw, mm-hmm. and we we're in the, yeah. we're in the woods, and we're, we're we're like filming this video for this this joint, and like I'm just bonding with people in real ways, and um, feeling valued because and it was God's grace because again, this is my first non-label tour so I was nervous about being outside of my circle um and when the tour ended I go home and then um I have a gig literally the next day I go home for a day I got a show the next day but when I leave and go out uh when I come back in that's when I find out Chase passed away I was on a on a flight headed back home so you know for me it it has been a rocky road since then of trying to fight for a level of peace and sanity and joy. Um, and I tell people my phrase for this entire season of my life, probably to the day I leave is um, God is good. Even when life is not, I believe that with yeah. all of my heart. And so Amen. even though I can hold to what God is, even though I left this world where I was loved and honored and, and valued, even though I was playing some of the biggest shows ever, I had just dropped my, my album, Black Light. Um, which went to number one. I was like, it's my first number one album. This is crazy. Um, all of these great things were happening and then tragedy strikes. And I go onto Twitter to uh, just look and see what was what was happening. And one of the first messages that I read was, um, if, you, if you were really living for Jesus, God wouldn't have took your son. And I was wow. like, whoa, wait, what? And I keep scrolling and there were tons of these messages most of them said things like well if if you weren't in the illuminati this wouldn't have happen oh if, if lecrae wasn't oh. your friend and lecrae's in the illuminati this wouldn't have happened. well if you wow. and your wife weren't worshiping illuminati gods this wouldn't have happened. and none of it was none of it made sense to me because i'm like what the heck is the illuminati like i'm i'm confused <laughs> yeah but then on the other side i'm like what are people saying and so the more and more and more, it was like, you deserve this. You deserve this. You deserve this. Good, uh, Shame on you. Shame on you. And this is coming off the heels of where I thought everybody was in my corner. And I look around and I'm like, are you are you kidding me? So I, sh- I don't show my wife, but I show my pastor. And he was like, all right, so we're, I'm going to log you out of this. You don't have permission to go back into this. I will deal with this from now on. The and saw it and they were like, you know, they like, well, let's go fight. Like, let's just go, let's go knuckle up. Yeah. It's time. It's time. Um, and even though I was angry and frustrated, man, what I realized was. One, we have an adversary, the very word Satan means adversary. We have an adversary who will constantly accuse us, bring shame to us and kick us when we're down. So I had to, I had, I had to fight to come to grips with that. And then secondly, I had to realize that there are people who care more about rightness than righteousness. There are people mm-hmm. who care more about being right or um, pushing what they believe to be right instead of genuine righteousness, which out of righteousness, like Christ exemplified would flow compassion or or care or love or whatever. It's just, it, didn't, it wasn't present for some people. And so as much as I wanted to fight or, or go off or be angry, I just took recognition of like, okay, Lord, I didn't start this for them. I I started doing this because of you. Like I, I had to go back and remember I started doing this so I could go share the gospel. So I could go tell people about my life as a Christian. So I could go encourage people and help people and walk alongside them. I mean, you remember back in them days, we was, we would finish a concert and do an altar call. Like that was my life. So at, at that moment, bro, it just, it hit so heavy, and I was like, "You know what? I won't let them rob this moment from me of of remembering and celebrating my son's life." So I'm going to focus yeah. on this, and so yeah. I stepped away. And uh, part of it was a little bit of insecurity why I was gone so long because those messages were very loud. But then another part of it was also I knew this was this would be healthy for me in my home if I if yeah. I fought for time away from this. So that's what i did and now i'm grateful for it because in this season um chase would be nine years old right now and mm-hmm. and i'm like god it took me this long to have the comfort and the courage to be able to present something that would honor his life to the world because it's always been on my heart and so instead of only grieving i want to celebrate his life and so um, i'm in the process now of starting. Uh, what we call the Chase Foundation, which is yep. basically an organization that I want to have to walk alongside people who go through loss, as well as love on people as the same way I would if Chase was here. And so I had a minister tell me when when Chase first passed, he said, man, it's interesting when when someone loses a, a spouse, they're called a widower. And, and when when someone loses their parents, potentially they could be called orphans but Mm -hmm. there is no name for someone who loses a child. And he said, I believe that that reality is true because there is no words to express what you genuinely feel every day. And only you know how how to show that to the world. There is no name for it, so you have to show the world what that looks like. And so my way of in this season showing it to the world is by saying my son's name as much as possible and doing an organization in honor of him that would show to the world this level of fight and faith that i have in my heart
0: absolutely well man we're going to be keeping up with you and 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 how the chase foundation unfolds Um, before we get out of here bro let everybody know how to keep up with you and keep you know following you and then after we let you out of here um we're going to actually play the video that you put up on social media introducing the chase foundation
1: thank you bro so uh, always, you can find me on um, on, on social media, at Tadashi, uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, all that fun stuff. And then beyond that, the website, Tadashi.com is there. Um, and then even beyond that, um, I'm really excited to start doing more of my YouTube channel. So be looking out for stuff there, go on YouTube. I'm about to start a podcast, Inspired. Uh, by people like DJ p Dog who just said, man, I'm, I'm going to get out here and do it because my voice matters too. That's it. And so I'm about to start a podcast that's long overdue. Um, and then beyond that, bro, there's music. Music is coming. I have, I have so many songs in the clip. It's just a matter of wisdom on when to release them. And then um, I've been meeting with a few different people, KB, uh, a few different people in LA, uh, but I really am excited about doing merch. I've never really cared to do merch before, but in this season, I feel like I I want my artistic my artistic prowess to be seen in that lane as well. So uh, I'm excited about that that too, bro. So there's a lot happening, and I'm I'm very excited. But yeah, the Chase Foundation, Chase Foundation, and then its sister company will be uh, Chase Wellness. And so you can follow the Chase Foundation on on Instagram. You can follow Chase Wellness on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, check me out.
0: Cool. We'll put all that information in the show notes, man. Tadashi. Thanks for hanging out with me, bro. We love hey, you, bro. Um, my man, you, bro. 100 grand. Um, yeah. And we're looking forward to seeing what happens with you guys in the future, bro. Yeah, man. Tell the family hello, please. The twins, what's up we'll and do. all that.
1: All right, we'll man. do.
0: We'll do. Yeah. Y'all keep it locked right here on DJ p in the mix.
1: When I first held you, I cried. If I would have known a year later I wouldn't have you in this life, I would have never let go just held you close. One of the few things that really mattered to me most. It seems so unfair how life treats us down here. We grow attached to the very people that can disappear. I would do anything to have you back again. One more smile, just one more kiss. To hear you cry when you don't get your way. I never knew to cherish that. And now it seems too late. At least it feels that way. I'll never forget. I'll keep holding on. Till I see you.
0: There you guys have it, man. Powerful, powerful stuff, bro. Shout out to my man Tadashi. And, and continue to send prayers his way, bro. Like, there's... Never a point in time where from, from the people that I've gotten to talk to, you know, when you lose a loved one, it impacts your life. When a parent loses a child, it's it's a great, great, great loss. And so let's continue to keep my man Tadashi and his wife, um, and his, his sons, his other sons prayed up um as well as they are continuing to, to just plow through um this season, man. And listen, I'ma have more information on the Chase Foundation as it is made available. I want to keep you guys up to date with what's happening with that as well. All right? Hey, listen, man. We're we're there, bro. 116 Tribute Show. It's about to go down right here live. Wherever you're watching this podcast, stay tuned because coming up live and direct straight to you is the 116 Tribute Concert, and that's going to be music featuring Lecrae, Tadashi, Shobaraka, Trip Lee, Andy Minio, KB, and Derek Miner. These are all guys that I travel with personally, you know. So you may be wondering, man, why ain't not you playing all the music from Reach Records? Well, uh, you know, I, they, they got good music too. Much love to few. What up, RG, Hovi, and Wande. Shout out to them. Shout out to Gavi. But I didn't get to travel with them, okay? I don't have stories with them. I'm playing the music of a movement when 116 was red, white, hot, bro, okay? I'm playing the music that I got the to tour with them on. And so that's what you're going to hear in this tribute. It's great stories that I'm going to be sharing throughout that show as well. So you definitely want to keep it locked right here wherever you're watching. If you're watching the video version, if you're catching the audio version, no worries. If you go to my website, djpdog.com, if you're watching, if you're listening to the audio version, which is later. Okay, if you're not watching this live, I will have that full show on my website so don't worry, I got you covered. You'll be able to see it as well. All right, but ladies and gentlemen, my name is DJ P Dog in the mix. Please follow me if you're not on all social media platforms at DJ P Dog. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. I'm there. I got great content, amazing things that are going on there. And so, listen, let's get into it, bro. One One Six Show. I'm gonna holler at you guys later on the next episode of the podcast. One love, peace. Thank you for checking out DJP Dog in the Mix podcast. Please subscribe via YouTube and hit that notification button. Also subscribe via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Audible.